0: My name's Carl Dalgleish. I'm a Director at CADA Research and an Economic Development Consultant.
1: I'm Cassie Holden. I'm a Director at CADA Research.
2: Well, thank you both for joining us today to um, give us a bit more of an insight into the work that you're doing and uh, to some of the work that you've got coming up. Carl, first of all, for anyone that that doesn't know much about who you are and what you do here at, at CADA Research, just give us a bit of an outline, if you would.
0: We've been going 11 years. We're basically a UK and international economic development consultancy. Economic development covers quite a broad range of activities. So it covers people, it covers buildings and it covers businesses and we work in all of those spaces. And we work in quite a wide number of areas. So we develop initial strategies, we do evaluations and we do sort of impact assessments and research projects. So it covers sort of research and consulting. The company has a team of 11. We're looking to grow. I'll say a bit more about that later. Um, We've been thinking recently how we group our services because it's quite difficult to describe to people that don't know what we do. Some of us are town planners, some of us are social scientists, some of us are economists, uh, and we cover sort of multidisciplinary elements on projects. One of the key areas that that we cover is sort of baseline And doing initial research and perhaps I could get Cassie to say a little bit about that now.
1: I mean, that's a really important part almost of of every job that we do, really, whether it's an evaluation, a strategy, a project development piece of work. We almost always start with some sort of baseline analysis, greater or lesser, depending on the job. A lot of what we do is involves looking at data and statistics to understand a place uh, and then understand perhaps why it's performing in the way it is, what its strengths are, what its weaknesses are, where investment may need to be focused in the future. And that baseline research increasingly covers quite a wide range of areas. So, as Carl mentioned, from sort of the people side, population, demography, the age characteristics, is the population growing, how quickly is it growing, what are the skills like of the people who live there, what types of jobs do they do Um, and then the business side of things so how many businesses are there, Um, what sectors do they work in, how big are they, are they owned by local people, are they part of big multinational foreign owned um, businesses and then we also look at the sort of place data so what, what does this place look like, Spatially. What types of buildings are there? Is there space for industry? Is there space for businesses? Is there green space? And increasingly, we also pick up on sort of health and well-being statistics. So um, what's the population like in health terms? What are the opportunities around culture, around sport and leisure? And, and more and more so the sort of environmental side of things as well. So we look at um, carbon emissions, air quality, all these things which go towards making a place a sort of livable place to put together all those different aspects to give us a picture of of what somewhere uh, is like as a place to live, a place to work, a place to study, a place to invest as well Um, and that gives us an understanding and a sort of grounding for whatever piece of work we then go on to do Whether that is developing a strategy, whether it's helping people to um, create investment opportunities, whether it's developing projects to respond to some of the the needs which might have been identified in that baseline work, or whether it's evaluating a a project which has already been run to understand how well it's uh, responded to the the conditions that we see in that place. So that, that sort of data analysis, baseline understanding is really important part of our work.
2: I mean there was so much in in that 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 I kind of want to pick up on and uh, and 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 kind of talk a little bit more about before we do that, I think it's 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 good just to kind of let's just kind of take a little bit of stock as to to, to where we're where we're at now. Carl, a year ago, you were celebrating your tenth uh, anniversary of of, of Cater Research. We did a podcast back then. If anyone wants to go back and listen to um and listen to mm-hmm. to that, obviously we're a year and a bit on from 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 that. So it'd be interesting to find out how things have gone over the the last twelve months and, and what you've been working on. But obviously in that podcast we talked a bit about you and and your background. Now Cassie, you're um, a, a relatively new member of the team. You weren't around a, a, a year ago, so you've, you've joined in the last 12 months. Just just tell us a little bit about your background if you would do. Uh,
1: yes I am. I am um, I think I'm about three months in now Carl and I've been an economic development consultant for a long time. So I'm from the economic economics side that Carl mentioned earlier um, and I've worked in local economic development all my career really, which is <laughs> 25 years now um, so initially on that very much on that sort of uh, economic research side of things at Hallam University and at an organisation which is called Sheffield Training and Enterprise Council and then moved into economic development consultancy and worked for Gen for a long time and then moved a few years ago to a, a company called Amion Consulting which again does very similar work based in Liverpool and then came back over to Sheffield a few months ago now having worked with Carl a long a long time ago and and seen you know what he was doing with Cader and um uh, i was really glad to get an opportunity to to join this the growing team here and it's growing it is,
2: yeah <laughs> well well welcome home it's good to uh, it's good to have you here so Carlos we talked about there yeah twelve months ago 10th anniversary it, it was a very different kind of world wasn't it twelve months ago i think you know we'd been we, we were maybe coming through some of the latter stages of what was happening with um covid and the various lockdowns and everything where are things now tell us a little bit about 2022 and and, mm. and looking back home, over the year?
0: Yeah, so today is the last day of the CADA financial year, because we were formed in November, so we just kept that financial year. It's been an amazing year of growth, really. We almost constitute a sort of scale-up company. Turnover's grown over 70% this year. We've more than doubled the workforce, and we put a board in place to manage that. We realised we were growing at at quite a pace. Um, We almost couldn't keep track of all the requests we were getting for um, new assignments and things, so we had to grow the team Mm -hmm. in response to sort of client demands. We were a bit worried initially when the UK left the EU because we do an awful lot of EU work, but we have found there is still a demand for a lot of EU work, there's demand for a lot of UK replacement funds, and there is demand to understand what the economy looks like in the new world in a sort of post COVID era. So it's really been uh, a very, very busy year for us. Clients have been worried about the future a bit, I think, and, <laughs> and wanting to understand their economies a bit. Um, I think there's much more emphasis, as Cassie mentioned earlier, on health and environmental concerns. I think. You know, the consciousness amongst local economic development officers has risen in that area. Not necessarily the national policy to enable them to do that. And there are some constraints around sort of value for money and things so that there, there is still a little bit of austerity within the economic development world and um, a lot of our local authority clients are really struggling to make budgets meet so there is a requirement for additional support to make sure that everything is good value for money and that people are getting a good return on their investment so we've looked we've started to look at the impacts of things in quite quite different ways this year we signed up to a thing called the social value engine where we look at the social environmental impacts as well as the economic we tended previously before the pandemic to take often quite a narrow view of projects and we now take a much broader view that embraces some of those other domains like place environment those sorts of things. So it's been quite a changing year for us, a very busy year, I'd say a successful year, but with a growing business come growing pains. So we've had to put in place quite a lot to just uh, ensure that we've got the systems as a company to cope with that change. So we've had quite a few promotions within the team. We've done a lot of project management training. We've done a lot of senior training with directors and we've put in place a board to an advisory board which uh, we've never really had before so two of our directors sam and cassie sit on that board and myself my wife who's a partner in the business who's also a researcher sari is also on the board around uh, marketing marketing advice and you'll see that our profile has gone up a lot this last couple of months and we've also got a business support consultant who's got her own business and next CEO on the board so she's been really good on sort of finance so we have a chair called Colin who's got 35 years of experience of coaching CEOs he's a sort of business coach so he's been our chair he's been great he's given us a lot of advice about how to bring people together so we've brought everybody together last month to talk about our future plans and our vision personally I found it a really exciting year of growth we put in place a plan for the next three years and Colin got the whole team together. We had team photos of the board and the team and we had a discussion about our future and where the next three years would be. Colin was really keen that everybody within the company put their fingerprints on that vision. So we didn't go there with a fait accompli. We went there with some initial ideas that we talked about as a board as to, you know, if we carry on this current trajectory, where what might we be? You know, we'd probably be double the size where we are today within at least two, three years. So we need to put in place plans to ensure that we're enabled to, you know, achieve that growth. We got everybody together to talk about that vision And everybody was really positive about where we're heading and their part in that. So that was a really positive exercise. So that's given sort of the senior management team, Sam, Cassie and I, something to really think about, hasn't it, Cassie? Uh, I don't know what your reflections on, you know, the future and the planning and being involved with the board.
1: Yeah I think that was it was a really useful um, event to sort of take time out of the normal day-to-day work and get everybody together to think about the future and it was really interesting to see the things which the team flagged up as being important Um, so they were quite ambitious weren't they about you know what we could achieve over those three years Um, but also really keen on keeping the company culture so that we make sure we don't lose some of the things that make CADA special as it gets bigger and how we go about embedding that I suppose in a in a bigger team so the sort of thinking about how we work how we operate what our values are how we interact with each other there's lots of things that sort of come out of that discussion which we have got plans to sort of operationalize now over the next few months to to make sure that as that growth it looks like that's going to happen um, and everyone was keen to support it but just as you say as well as those sort of company structures to make sure we can manage the growth, the sort of company culture and values that goes alongside it as well was, was really important, wasn't it?
2: Key, key things that, that I kind of take from, from that, the word growth came up a lot, which is which is obviously brilliant that's that's really positive if it's been a year of growth I'm guessing that means that you've had lots of things that you've been working on lots of projects that you've been doing I realize that you may not be able to go too much into uh, specifics on all of those but but Carl first of all can I ask you a bit about some of your favorite projects that um you and your team have been involved in over the last 12 months
0: I think one of probably the most rewarding and also the most challenging was the Sheffield Economic Inclusive Evidence Base, where we worked with the city and partners right the way across the city to really assess where the economy was performing and underperforming in different areas. And that embraced all areas of the economy. And for the first time, really, we brought in Uh, the health dimension the client was really keen so the public director of health in Sheffield was involved in the steering group and we had a really wide steering group advising us from the university the cities the third sector all about data sources and we tried to bring that data source together in a really strong narrative that just described where the city was so for us that was quite a groundbreaking study because it was bringing in lots of new insights lots of new ways of doing things it was challenging because we were continually challenged along the way by partners in a supportive way, Mm -hmm. but, you know, also just giving us feedback constantly about how, whether that message sounds right for Sheffield. I think what resulted was a really strong foundation for future economic development plans within the city. And I know it's gone down reasonably well. We presented that at one of the first economic development committees under the new structure in the town hall. And we also presented it to the Sheffield City Partnership chaired by David Blunkett. So that was quite a high-profile piece of work that kept us on our toes, James. We did enjoy it. We do lots and lots of smaller jobs as well and lots of evaluation work. A big stream of our work has been evaluation of business support and innovation programmes. That's something where we really excel and we really try to speak to people and businesses about... We let the punters do the talking when we do the evaluation. We put a lot of time and effort into doing workshops and speaking to people that deliver programs and the beneficiaries of those programs. We've had some unusual projects this year. We've done a project with a client at the University of Coventry on innovation in Ethiopia. So uh, I was wondering what that would be like. And it was surprisingly similar to a lot of the work we do in the UK. It was talking about how universities might work better with business, which is a theme of a lot of our work in the UK. The challenges are different in Ethiopia, but uh, some of the sectors that they're looking at and the ways that they're looking to develop products and processes with businesses are very similar. So that was quite a rewarding and unusual one. We've worked with some people that we've never worked with before this year, like the police. So in North Yorkshire, we did a project for the police commissioner looking at a community safety project where officers take the role of supporting all the blue light services and some of the other services as a first responder in rural areas. So that was great. One thing we've been doing is getting out and about a bit with a video camera and doing some video case studies this this year so we get the drone out and film different projects we've had we've got professional videographer that comes along and talks to people about the impact of projects on their lives so we've tried to really think about and innovate in the ways that we do research this year and that's gone down particularly well with clients the other thing i suppose is a bit different this year we've had a few co-design projects where we've worked with clients on designing what their requirements are beforehand and during and working very closely with them so that's a bit of a new thing this year so a real variety must have been you know 40 50 projects this year of varying sizes
2: wow yeah some amazing stuff in there cassie obviously you've got a a, a shorter amount of the year to to reflect (laughs) on but but from your point of view what stands out
1: and one of the main things i've been working on since i arrived is a piece of work for doncaster council who are updating their economic strategy and we were commissioned along with a company called Autos Economic Research to feed into one very specific bit of that strategy which is looking at their industry specialisms and, and what strength Doncaster has to build on. And what was interesting about this piece of work is as Carl was saying earlier about clients taking a, a sort of wider view of what economic development is and maybe not quite so much focused on the jobs, businesses, economic growth, traditional indicators. Doncaster have got a really- clear strategic direction which sort of sit, flows through all their strategies and their new economic strategy is is embracing this, which is that they're not just looking for growth anymore, they're very much focused on the well-being of the local population and so their, their economic strategy is aimed at developing a regenerative and sustainable economy in Doncaster so not just a bigger economy but one which is you know it's it's not uh, built on a model of constantly maximising what is taken out of the environment of the of the you know of the local people it's about building something which is much more sustainable and much more about improving people's well-being rather than just necessarily their income levels Um so understanding and for us as economic development consultants trying to interpret what that means for different parts of the economy, different types of businesses, different sectors. That was quite an interesting piece of work because it sort of brought those two views together um, and made us think well what can these sectors do for Doncaster rather than what can Doncaster get from these sectors so mm. it was quite a technical piece of work in the sense of the data that we were looking at and the, the ways that we were working but trying to understand the implications for sort of real life and how that feeds through into an economic strategy what Doncaster does about it that's been quite interesting.
2: Awesome. Carl so variety obviously that that, that word came up a few times there when, when you were talking about um, the, the work that you've done over the last um, 12 months and I I wrote that word down, variety really kind of stood out there. Some people would say nowadays in business that you've got to niche, you've got to really focus on one particular area and variety perhaps is, is less common now in, in, in business. How important is that variety for, for, for you and how important do you think it is
0: for the business? I think the variety is absolutely fundamental. But I think what we do is we bring our research skills to different challenges and we bring in experts where we need them. So we've done some very high-profile jobs around the EU exit, um, where we needed to bring in EU exit experts in international trade. We do a lot of work around sectors, and we tend to bring in sectoral experts there, so whether it's agri-tech or um, other sectors. We've done a lot of high-profile work around evaluating programmes, for instance, for the Mayor of London, looking at their retrofit programme. We've been very keen to make sure we speak to people in that space and really understand what the practical challenges are. I think the geographical spread that we've got helps us with our clients because we're able to draw on experiences from different areas. Sometimes we connect clients up with each other. I think a bit of international experience is good as well so that we're not too UK-centred. It's quite good that we, we think about what's going on in the EU and outside the EU in terms of project experience. They've got some really good experience on low carbon and retrofit and digital technology that we we don't seem to be pursuing as as vigorously in the UK. So we're working to keep some of those connections that have been severed. We're working to keep some of those connections. Of course. Um, So yeah, the, the variety for us is really important. And there is variety within the economy too. So we've done some pro bono work on homelessness in Sheffield. Looking at a new business case for uh, a new investment, a, tr- a new trauma center to um, for the charity to work with. We do bigger strategic projects as well, like new mixed use developments, that sort of thing. So the wide variety really helps us sort of get experience of assessing the impacts of different projects at different levels, you know whether it's very, very local projects or you know big regional projects, say for a mayor or a combined authority, that sort of thing.
2: And you mentioned earlier about um, some of the, the case study work that you've um, done and that magical word drone footage yeah. um, and and that uh, all kinds of pictures appearing in, <laughs> in my mind. If there's anyone whose brain works similarly to me who thinks I need to go and watch those,
0: where, where can people find those? Yeah, well, we've got a YouTube video, so I'll put the link on this podcast. Yeah. Um, we'll put the link up to some of the different films that we've made. So, for instance, we're... Evaluating a low carbon project in Kent at the moment where they're looking at resource efficiency within a shipyard. So we'll be taking some drone footage of that uh, next month. One of the other projects we evaluated, I think this was the year before last, was £120 million worth of local growth funding for what was then the Humber LEP and a large part of that investment went in flood defences. So we took the drone up just because the flood defences were so extensive and the drone had a five kilometre range. So we could actually fly the drone and show the extent of, um, the investment that had gone on. And we spoke to engineers, you know, next, next to the new flood work. So it really brought it to life. The challenges you could see the scale of the investment and you could see the impact it was making on, on different lives. So we think that's, brings a useful dimension. Some of the other work that we've done is evaluating projects with academics and businesses. So we did an evaluation of the Advanced Wellbeing Research Centre in Sheffield, where they've got an accelerator to develop new medical products. So we spoke to the academics about what they were doing and filmed their new products. uh, And we spoke to people that were benefiting from those products and the businesses as well. So we were able to speak to all the different parties and get their perspectives and bring it together in something that's quite digestible, for clients sometimes the written the written form you know it isn't always a digestible for people so we like to bring it in different ways
2: bring it to life i love that that's brilliant. i think that's a really good look back over 2022 and and the last 12 months Let's shift focus now a little then towards the year ahead and towards 2023. And I guess we should probably just kind of take stock here in terms of if you pick up a, a newspaper or switch on the, the TV now, it, 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 won't, it won't be long before you find someone talking about crisis, recession, downturn. Carl, from your point of view, what, if you were to kind of headline what you expect from the next 12 months for Canada, for, for what does that look like?
0: in terms of our work a lot of the european funding will finally end this year a lot of people don't know that that even though we've left the eu we're still spending european structural funds in the uk up until june this year and european social funds we're spending till the end of the year so We have got a number of evaluations finishing properly of those European funds. They needed to be ended properly. And any program over a million pounds needs a proper, what's called summative assessment. So there's a process to go through. We do those assessments. Uh, And as we come to the end, people are looking to the future. So we have got quite a few sort of blue sky type projects. So we're working with Sheffield Hallam at the moment, looking at sort of global trends in technology and things like that, so that they can think about where some of their future innovation resources might be best spent, uh, looking at sort of local priorities, global priorities, that sort of thing. We're doing some work with the Advanced Manufacturing Innovation District, looking at sort of business support, skills and innovation measures. Uh, They're very keen to sort of draw on global good practice. It is a global innovation district. So we'll be looking globally there for good practice that meets the requirements of Sheffield and Rotherham in that AMID corridor. There will be A fair bit of work around UK successor funds. So one of the big successor funds to EU structural funding is the UK Shared Prosperity Fund. And there's also a rural version of that. There's been quite a lot of turbulence in the rural area Mm -hmm. as, you know, a lot of the subsidies have changed. There's a shift towards environmentalism. So a lot of people are thinking about diversification within the rural economy and doing business cases for new projects it's fair to say there's a little bit of flux in our area so a lot of those eu projects will have been you know it's funded by lots of people so they'll be looking to their futures and thinking about what they're doing in the future so a lot of people are scoping out new things i do think in the skills area there's a little bit of flux at the moment so there isn't a natural transition to lots of skills programs at the national level. So people are trying to work out where locally they can cons- consensibly do that. And there's still, with the levelling up agenda, we don't know quite know how strong that's going to be politically next year. But there still is an emphasis on place and the importance of place. And it looks like We will finally get some investment into sort of refurbishment, maybe not at the scale that's needed, but retrofit, that sort of thing. The environment sort of is in the news, but it's probably not where it needs to be in terms of the sort of urgency of the climate crisis. So one thing we're very keen to do is advise where we can sensibly on evaluating sort of environmental measures and developing business cases for renewable energy. It's something we feel quite strongly about here. So we think it'll be an exciting, changeable year. Lots of new investment and growth. I don't know, Cassie, do you want to add anything? What's your take on 2023? Yeah,
1: I think, 2023? Uh, I think that there is a lot of flux going on at the moment. And one area where we've seen this really, well, it was coming anyway, but it's been accelerated by the pandemic is the sort of shift towards digital digital ways of working, digital skills, new Models for business, what that means for places, and I think there's, you know, there's a lot to be worked through there, where things aren't going to be new, new patterns aren't going to be clear for for a number of years. There's a lot of settling down to do as people um, think. Well, what is the best way of operating now that we don't necessarily all need to be in an office all the time? What does that mean for people who don't necessarily have the access to digital at home? What does it mean for people who don't have the skills that so many services? nowadays are online first. I think there's a lot of work that's linked to changes in in digital whether that's from inclusion whether it's skills development whether it's business growth models whether it's innovation there's all sorts of things which are are being changed by the growing use of digital across all parts of our lives and I think that's going to continue having an impact on local economies and therefore on the work that that we do and sort of right at the sort of higher end of that the sort of innovation and technology changes which are shaping the way we travel, the way we eat, the way we produce food, all sorts of different things which are seeing technological innovation. The sort of ripple effects from those you know, there are instant effects on maybe the businesses who are bringing in those new innovations and then gradually the effects ripple out to local places, local people, local jobs and understanding that and trying to get ahead of that I think a lot of clients are beginning to, to sort of try and anticipate what might these changes mean for our, for our place, for our people
2: and what about health and well-being? So it's something that I think you both touched on that mm. you've you've seen as a, a growing area over the last twelve months. Mm-hmm. Do, does that continue? Do you think in in twenty twenty three?
1: I think it really does. I think I think <laughs> the thing about me and Carl is we've been around for a long time, <laughs> and certainly when I started my career, there was a lot of focus on unemployment and people who were out of work. I think. There was a lot of concern when the pandemic hit that you know we were going to go back to 1980s levels of unemployment and it just didn't happen but what we do have is a world where lots of people are in work but that work is not necessarily very good work and it's not good for their health and it's not good for their well-being and that then impacts on all sorts of other things on the NHS, on caring responsibilities, on mental health. So we've we seem to overcome one set of problems by keeping people in work but we've got this other set of problems which has an impact on wider society and on on the way that, you know the the well-being that people feel how happy they feel how fulfilled they feel in their lives and I think trying to um, get underneath that and and go from any job to how do we make more jobs good jobs and how do we make more people? able to access those good jobs rather than just a a certain part of the population being able to access those we saw all the you know the key worker type stuff in the in the pandemic and how we were really valuing people who were doing all sorts of different jobs that we maybe don't necessarily always put a great value on we seem to have moved away from that again but I think that sort of emphasis on on well-being needs to continue to be important I think at local level it is people are realizing what what that means but but feeding that through into addressing all sorts of you know it feeds into house prices and affordability of housing then we get onto rentals and all those types of things there's a lot which ultimately goes back to the jobs that people do and the rewards that they get for those jobs i think
2: okay carl uh, this may be a really difficult question to answer but i'm, I'm interested in your perspective on this what do you think um, what do you think businesses, perhaps more specifically, what do you think your clients are going to be looking for in
0: 2023? Uh, I think they want everything, James, and they want it now, and I think you know, I think they're a bit impatient for change. There's been a bit of flux within the economy. They're keen to address some concerns that they know their residents and their businesses have got. and I think what they're after is some evidence-based decisions. They need resources, so they will be building cases, and they'll be wanting to convince their politicians where best to spend their resources. So I think for us there is quite um an emphasis on implementation and thinking about that. Also, some of their strategies are a bit out of date, James. So I think they'll just be reflecting on on what their priorities are for the future, and they'll be bringing in some of these new ideas that. Cassie's mentioned around health and things like that and thinking about creative ways of doing things there isn't loads of resource out there or silver bullets, so they'll be looking at cost effective ways they can make a difference to their local residents or businesses and they'll be needing help with making the cases to invest in those and articulating exactly what that means in terms of implementation would be my take what Mm -hmm. what, would you agree Cassie? Uh,
1: I think so I think I think there has been a lot of turbulence hasn't there over the past few years people are are looking for some sort of stability and things settling down i don't know whether that's going to be 2023 or that might be a bit further off in the future but people have got these these sort of longer-term trends which are driving the way that markets and the financial world is acting and then they've, there are these short-term immediate pressures which lots of places are facing around residents coping with the cost of living crisis and what that means for our clients of local authorities local economic development partnerships how they can respond to that so there's that sort of needing to take into account both those longer term trends but also deal with the the immediate pressures and, and challenges which are going to become prevalent in, in 2023, you know, with energy prices continuing to be so high, household incomes under pressure, what that means for local economies and, and what um, our clients can can do to help respond to those, I think is going to be the immediate challenge.
2: Uh, let's take a, a bit of a look then at um, cater research in, in, in 2023. First of all, Carl, big thing happening at the moment, you, you've got a rebrand.
0: Yeah, we've uh, started to look at how we look and we've taken um, a complete review of marketing. So we're working with PR and marketing advisors. We decided to refresh our brand. It was originally done by a friend and then has just been reviewed and refreshed. So we've got new branding guidance. It's much cleaner, fresher, more dynamic. It's a bit more colourful. The team love it. I love it. We've also, alongside that, refreshed our website so that um, we can carry lots of content and case studies. We've also got lots of new staff members and the board. So, we had a professional photo shoot. So, all that's gone on the website. And the logo designer and the web designer have worked together to, to launch this new brand together. We've got a big poster so that everybody can see what our brand is. And we'll use that on all our social media. So, watch this space. We're going to be a bit more visible in 2023.
2: Excellent. So, what what can you both tell us about projects that you've got coming up in, um, in in the new year?
0: The immediate ones for us are finishing off a lot of European projects, mm-hmm. so European regional development funded projects, particularly around innovation and business growth. We've got a number, quite a few of those around resource efficiency, innovation, business growth. We're working with universities, combined authorities, chambers on those. We've also got some UK successive funds the community renewal fund program we've still got a number of evaluations of those to finish just before christmas and into january and then we've got a couple of quite big strategic projects we're developing a skills project for a combined authority that's been a really dynamic project where we've done sort of Ten workshops with over 100 people talking about skills right the way through from early years through to higher education, talking about what it means for that combined authority area. We also, as I mentioned, we're doing some work with the Advanced Manufacturing Innovation District around business support, training and skills. So that will keep us pretty busy in quarter one as we're finishing a lot of the european programs we then look to the future around some of these new areas and we suspect that there might be a little bit of blue sky research out there and thinking as well as some baseline studies around just understanding the economy we've got the census data coming out now uh, already throwing up some surprises and we think there'll be a fair bit of economic analysis to just reflect on where the economy is in a post-COVID world, in a world where we all want a nice place to live and, you know, we want to live in healthy communities, that sort of thing?
1: I think the skills agenda is going to be important in 2023. Often, you know, there's always change in the world of skills. We always seem to be bringing in new ways of doing things, which suggests that the old ways of doing things are not necessarily working. There's um, a number of evaluations which we're uh, already involved in of new delivery models for uh Upskilling people who are already in the workforce—that sort of aim of getting more people into good jobs, better-paid jobs, jobs which offer better prospects—understanding um, what are the tools and mechanisms for for actually managing to do that beyond compulsory education. How do people then progress in their careers once they've left formal schooling? I think is is going to continue to be important as this move to a push for higher productivity and and higher wages continue. Skills is a really important part of that. We've got a new skills person joining us, haven't we, Carl, which is great. We have, yeah, looking forward to that. Coming from the Department for Education, so that will really um, strengthen the team in, in that area.
2: Brilliant. And Carl, when, when you were reflecting on, on the last 12 months, w- one thing that, that, that stood out to me was the, the balance of bigger projects that you do with smaller Projects, and you know we've we've talked a bit about projections for the future and and how um you know you you see the business growing. To those smaller projects, those smaller jobs, do they still play a, a a role? Are they still important
0: for you? I think they are. Yeah, they give fantastic experience. They're really useful for clients, and they're often quick turnaround. They're often quite big. Dynamic reviews are fairly major investments. So. We like those because they use our technical skills. It exposes us to a wide number of clients and gives us experience in a wide number of domains and geographies. So it keeps us current, it keeps us fresh. I think the the small job's here to stay for us. That said, we have got bigger teams and we are getting asked to look at much more substantial commissions around economic development strategies, economic inclusion strategies and growth strategies. In the past... We would tend to go on somebody else's coattails. These days, we tend to lead some of those larger projects with other partners. So that's a, a bit of a step change for us as as we enter in 2023. We will be doing more sub- substantial commissions in-house with our associate network and experts, but also with our, our in-house team who are developing and growing their skills
2: brilliant well carl cassie thanks very much for uh, for joining me today brilliant to uh, reflect over the last 12 months it sounds like uh, an exciting very promising year ahead so thank you very much for your time thank
1: you thank you